happened? Hello, what's going on with you? I'm good. You know, uh, can't complain, won't complain. Um, it's September. It's a few more months uh, in the year to mm-hmm. complete your 2023 goals before 2024 gets here. It's fall season. Um, right. This is the time of the year where, um, and I like to keep it health, but fall mm-hmm. and winter is like the time where people get to try to hide the mm. um, fluff that they wanted to eliminate over the summer, but couldn't do it. It didn't do it. And um, it's, it's fashion season. But it's also mm-hmm. put on some big clothes and act like your issues don't exist. Right, uh, let's, let's right, just keep right. It a, let's just keep it a thousand. Let's keep it a buck. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, we all know that gyms get crowded come New Year's. But let's keep them mm-hmm. gyms going around mm-hmm. fall, winter time season. And no, make no excuses. Get in there and uh, reach your health goal, your weight goal that you set out early in the year. Absolutely. I agree. You know, I'm working on my own weight um, concerns. Um, You know, menopause is something, honey. That's a whole nother podcast. We could just do a whole show about that. But it's also, you know, the hand to mouth disease. You know, you can't be like, well, I'm gaining all this weight and eating, you know, crazy. You just can't, you know, it's like a mental um, disturbance. (laughs) So, um, but I'm, I'm thankful, you know, I love to be fit. Um, earlier in the year, I tore my meniscus. Mm-hmm. Um, here I go 60 years old and decide I'm going to do CrossFit uh-huh. and it would have been all good, but I was really, really, really overweight. Um, I've lost about, um, 35 pounds, um, since the beginning of the year, and I have, uh, for me, a considerable amount to go. Um, but I, in the middle of that, I started doing CrossFit, right? And I went to a gym. They were lovely. It was a lovely, lovely gym. They gave me like a foundation, a series of foundational um, courses or classes so you can make sure your form was good because anybody know CrossFit? CrossFit um, uses a lot of weight for a lot of reps for, uh, uh, for very rapidly, I should say. So it's, it's heavy weight, um, a long, you know, a lots of uh, repetitions, lots of repetitions and quickly, right. You're like on a timer. So, um, I was good. I took the foundation classes. I love weightlifting. I just don't like the, um, I don't even know what they call it. Like the stationary weightlifting. I don't, is that the right term where you'd like, you do like five, one, two, eight, whatever, eight lifts. And then you like sit and wait and then you go do another eight and then you sit and wait. I I don't, I don't like that. So you don't like traditional, you don't like traditional weightlifting basically. No, I don't. It's so boring to me. I'll be like, okay, I can go over there and get that ball. And I don't know. My mind just works weird like that. So anyway, I went to CrossFit, was going good, doing good. And then we had, you know, all of their workouts are named after, um, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, Military people, right? Or uh, members that really made a big impression on this sport, right? So we were doing um, uh, a, a, uh, exercise or a routine that required a certain amount of, um, what they call them, uh, squat weighted squats, right? 
So um, anyway, I can't think of the, all the proper terms, but what happened was I heard a in my knee and I had already had, you know, issues from having a car accident, right. you know, a while ago. But, you know, I had uh, previously the six months previously, you know, we dealt with my mom and her transition and caring for her and all of the energy, vibration, and and focus that that took, you know, honestly, I just kind of took the eye off my own self-care, which, you know, you really shouldn't do, but uh, I did. And so I gained all of this weight, like a whole bunch of weight, you know? Uh, and so some of it was stress, some of it was grief eating, some of it was like kind of a depression, just laying around, wanting comfort foods. Some of it is menopause, although I had my hormones checked and they're like, child, your hormones is good. So wonder you ain't having a baby. And I'm like, don't even say that, you know, knock it off. Like, don't even say that. One doctor was like, it's your hormones. The other doctor's like, your hormones are fine, whatever. I said, let me go to the natural way and find out what it is. So what it is, is get your ass off the couch <laughs> and move and watch what you're putting in your mouth. That's a big component. So I went to CrossFit, went there for about two months, tore my, uh, my meniscus really bad. Um, not bad enough to need surgery though. I couldn't get out the car. It was just really like one of the worst injuries that I have ever, ever had. It was bad, right? So here we are several months down the road from that. And I'm able to at least, uh, actually it's in a good repair, you know, it's in much better repair than it was. Uh, and I just go through a series of, um, you know, of Epsom salt and um, hot packs and, you know, just nurturing up that knee um, so that I can exercise. So I'm back to my love of exercising and my exercising routine. And, you know, the energy is changing, the waistline is tightening up, you know, you'll be able to really tell it though, when I really hit my championship weight, because my face will be a little, my face won't look so fluffy. <laughs> Along with other parts, that is way too fluffy. It's all right to have some fluff, but my Lord have mercy. We don't want to be looking like the Michelin man. I mean, really. Right, right. <laughs> so. And to add on a little bit, I just want to say just real quickly. Um, mm -hmm. But before I add on, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We have a special guest coming on in a few minutes. Um, yeah. So we're definitely going to turn up in a few. But this is good information right here as well. And I want to have a conversation with you guys, because a lot of times you might think like a mommy yoga or me or anybody mm -hmm. you see on the social medias don't have right. weaknesses, don't have mm -hmm. weaknesses and don't have, you know, urges that we battle every day. You know, just because we tell you about, hey, you need to stop doing this and stop doing. There's somebody telling us the same thing, whether it's ourselves right. or everybody has a mentor somewhere. And my message to you guys is, is something that I battled yesterday, right? Um, I'm doing good. I'm eating good. Mm -hmm. um, prior to th this episode, I was telling Mama Yoga how I sustained a pulled muscle somehow, yeah. some way. So guess who's not going to the gym for the next 30 days? Me. That's yeah. who. So I got to rest. And in that rest, I got to make sure since I'm not going to be burning the same amount of calories, I'm not going to be doing having the same activities, I got to change how I'm eating. Or that yeah. 30 days can go real bad for me. Yeah. So 
I got to make adjustments. So the adjustments, so something that happened to me last night, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't do so good, but we're going to do better tonight. Mm-hmm. I was eating good all day, no hunger pains. And then at 10 p.m., guess who got hungry? Me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the hunger pain is not a green light to go eat. Right. Sometimes you got to ignore it. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. You can drink some water. You can yep. just go to bed. Hunger pains does not necessarily mean you're hungry, you know, yep. but it could just be a test. So I'll say mm-hmm. that going forward tonight, we're all going to do it, right? Like if mm-hmm. you if you have this situation going on where you're doing good all day mm-hmm. and then boom, that conversation starts happening in your abdomen and it connects to your mind. And, and, and we all know what happens at 10, 11 o'clock at night. For some reason, mm-hmm. they, they all every commercial was some type of food. Yeah. Let's, let's let's talk about that as well. Every commercial that you see on television is going to be followed with the freshest uh, form of presentation that they can give you. Which, and if you order it, you're not going to receive that. Right. If a, if a, <laughs> right. If a Domino's commercial comes on and you want to say and you go, I want to order Domino's, you're going to get the driest pie you possibly they possibly got in the store. You're, you're right. not going to get that pizza that you saw on TV. So let's keep that Mm-mm. in mind. That pretty that pretty pizza. Oh man, so yeah, that pretty pizza. <laughs> That, oh, I can't laugh. I can't laugh. But um, yeah. So at nighttime, mm-hmm. if you have that that conversation with your body, if you hear it, ignore it. Yeah. It'll be okay. You will not yeah. starve yourself. It's not starvation. Mm-hmm. Go to bed. Yep. Drink some water. No, no, that's a really good, that's a really, really good um point. And that is another reason why I do not watch commercials. Like, I don't have TV in that way. Everything I have is streamed, and I happily pay for the premium so I don't have to be inundated with commercials. Because on one hand, the commercials are, oh, you know, they sexing up, thotting up, you know, cheesecake and pizzas. You know, like the hoe is dripping out of the food in terms of, you know, them enticing your sensual energy to want that thing. And then... The commercial after that is, are you suffering from high blood pressure? Are you suffering from this, that, and the third? Come and take this particular medication. Oh, side effects include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and in some cases, death. Right? Yeah. So that is what they're doing. They set you up. Malcolm X said it best. They will sell you the liquor, lock you up for being drunk, and then say it's your fault that you die from the overdose or the alcohol poisoning. You with me? Yeah. So it's like I'm not interested in none of those commercials. Because even somebody said at the BET Awards, um, I was listening to one of my, um, actually, Earn Your Leisure. I love them. I'm yeah. always on their shit. And your boys. But um, they was like, huh? Said those are your boys. Those are my boys, right? Uh, uh, Earn Your Leisure. They was like, um, the BET Awards was the Pfizer Awards. Because the pharmaceutical companies sponsored so many um, of the vendors that were there, of the artists and everything. So we ain't doing that. We're doing the best that we can. We're going to keep at it. We're not perfect. We have our flaws and our issues. And a lot of times the message, the old African proverb, the one who stands and speaks to the masses, the message is tenfold for them. Mm-hmm. Now, So with that being said, let's bring on our guest. We have a lovely guest, uh, Mark Cato. I'm going to bring him up here, add him to the stream, add him to the stage, as it were. 
Hey, what's up? Can you hear us? Mama Yoga, how are you? Can you hear me? Hey, Mark, what's hey, up? How are you? Um, we well, we well. You see Mr. Flaw on the line, your uh, colleague and partner, not in crime, in prosperity. That's what I like to say. Yeah, so uh, Mark, Mark knows me as Jarrell. Flaw 700 is my podcast persona. Uh, I've been doing podcasts <laughs> for about like six, seven, eight years. Um, mm-hmm. So real quick, uh, Mark Cato is a uh, partner of mine that we um, I was introduced to him um, through my son, Jabri, um, mm-hmm. who was once again related to the family. Um, and Mark Cato gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. Um, I just remember <laughs> and I just remember sitting down talking to him, not knowing anything about what he's about to say to me. Mm-hmm. But he spoke the language that I was looking for the entire time. I'm going to let him, um, you know, talk about what we spoke about. But also, Marcato, this is uh, Mama Yoga. I showed you. I let you hear episode uh, yesterday. Um, she, he was like, she got straight to it. You know, that was about you know being <laughs> being African American and overweight. Oh yeah, um, we still talking about we're that. Still talking about that. <laughs> um, so, Mama Yoga. Marcato, Marcato, Mama Yoga. This is my aunt. And this is what we do on Sunday yep. around like one o'clock. So um, let's yep. have at it. What's going on, guys? Hey, Man. It's wow, all good. That, that's it's all good. Absolutely. Hey, I'm honored to be here. It's such a pleasure. And um, you know, obviously, I was uh, listening to the podcast that Jarrell sent me. So, hey, Mama Yoga, it's just a pleasure to to be here. I really, really appreciate you having me on. So, oh, it's my uh, pleasure too. The the work that you're doing in the community, the service, the servant work you're doing in the community, I'm very thankful um, that you know we made the connection and that you know you're serving uh, in the capacity that you are. It is um, wealth, um, money. And finances are a kind of a a, um, a stickler uh, offering for me on the spiritual side because there is such a disconnect with our community that is the African American Latino community um, in terms of securing your wealth. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you um, got into um, the wealth journey? Yeah, 100 percent. And I I totally agree with you. So I'm Mark Cato. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, pretty much to my story, basically, you know, I'm a um, you know, I grew up in a single parent household and, you know, I was originally Mm -hmm. born in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents got divorced at nine years old when I was nine. Mm -hmm. And so my mom being from New Jersey, my mom, you know, migrated, you know, each one of us to New Jersey. And Mm -hmm. instantly now she becomes a single mom with nine children. Wow. Your mama had nine children. Hold on. This this is, you know, going to be an interesting chat. Your mama had nine children. Absolutely. No twins. And the crazy thing is we're all a year apart for the most part. So my mom, you know, she had uh, nine children in like an 11 year, 12 year span. So Lord have mercy. Where do you fall in the um in the tier? So I'm third oldest and oldest, okay. oldest boy. So oh. I have two older sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I'm 40. Uh, mm-hmm. Just turned forty, and they are forty-one and forty-two. <laughs> mm-hmm. My goodness gracious, Lord yeah. have mercy! And then underneath me is uh, three. She had three more sisters, right? Three more girls. Mm-hmm. So my sisters are thirty-nine, thirty-eight, and thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. Or right, and then they took a break, and then she had three consecutive boys. So it's uh, five girls, four boys. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. So before we even go further, <laughs> let's say a prayer. Is your mom still with us? Yes, she is. What's your mama's name? My mom's name is Linda. Let's say a prayer for Linda. 
And let's just celebrate and surround Linda, y'all mommy over tribe. See Mark's mama full of love and vibrance and, you know. <laughs> oh lord have mercy nine children oh go ahead child my ovaries over here pinging <laughs> so, long story short you know yeah. so we, we come to new jersey i'm nine years old uh-huh. and needless to say you know i never heard from my dad again for the most part um mm. and um you know so it was a, a, a struggle you know it's hard enough raising one child having much less having nine Absolutely. and you know my, my mom just god bless her you know we, we do everything we can for her now mm-hmm. um you know obviously you know to, to give back and she just kind of you know it, it's just an unbelievable job that she did and you know most of us came out normal depending on who you ask right mm-hmm. you know that, that's that's a matter of opinion uh but right nobody strung out on drugs or anything like that you know we are we're all thanks right we're all pretty close and um and so just it was just tough growing up you know and we we grew up in a household where you know just every now and again the lights were cut off and you know we always had food to eat and things like that but it was just you could tell after you got to a certain age you know like man something's not right you know mm-hmm. like this and you know just growing up obviously in the era that we grew up you know um you know people make fun of you they laugh at you when you're you know when you wear the same thing for the school year that you wore last year and mm-hmm. you know, all, all those different things right and it just you know you start to get angry especially with no male figure no guidance there you kind of start to grow angry to like why why are things this way okay and so and fast forward, you know, she just always did the best that she could. But I believe, you know, um, you can do the best that you can, but still have limited knowledge on what it takes to accomplish certain things. Sure. Okay? And so we pretty much give the, the extent of the knowledge that we have. And she always taught us, hey, go to school, get a good education and, and, and you know, go go work hard, go get a job and, you know, get the best job that you can. And so that's eventually what I did. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I went to um, went to a high school in North called Arts High School. Um, and, um, you know, just some people are familiar with Tisha Campbell from the Martin Lawrence show. Who, oh, who, sure. When it att- attended there, Michael B. Jordan went there and just so many different people. And, um, you know, that's where I went, you know, majored in music and, you know, just wanted to be, you know, just had my sight on being a musician, a professional musician and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, still do music to this day, you know, to a, to a lesser degree. But um, fast forward, you know, I um, graduated high school with a 1.9 GPA. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And at that time, we took the SATs. Right. And so the SATs were a big part of, you know, just our, our college and, you know, that 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 whole process. I got a 670 on my SAT. I don't. What you supposed to get, baby? I mean, what's the range? Okay. Like. <laughs> so they, they say like a thousand is average or something like that. Okay, right. but the highest is like fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred, something like that. I got a six seventy. My score was so bad. My mom actually thought they sent us the, the half the score this week and the other half the next week. And um, so you know, just I, I was never scholastically like you know a, a standout or, or anything like that. And so I wound up going to a college called Bloomfield, Bloomfield College. And, you know, mm-hmm. my second year in, I'm like, is this my dream or is this my mom's dream for me? OK. Mm-hmm. And so I went to her, you know, made this whole speech to tell her why I wasn't going to go back to school after my junior year. And um, I told her I wasn't going to go back to school. And she's like, OK, no problem. She's like, I support mm-hmm. you, whatever you decide mm-hmm. to do. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't go to back to school, you got to go get a, a good job. Okay. OK. And so I went into correction. Right. I went into corrections and became a correction officer. 
and um, and the EMT. Okay, and so I did this for a, a couple years, and shortly after I got into these industries, I, I I just saw myself, and I'm like, I don't see myself doing this another 25, 30, 40 years just to get a pension at the end. Right. Okay? I just didn't know what my path was or what I was supposed to do or just really what God's plan for me was. And a friend of mine introduced me to the business world and I just gravitated towards it. And man, I'm like, man, this is my ticket. Kind of like what Jarrell mentioned, just kind of looking for something, but, you know, not knowing necessarily what it is. And once I saw it, I knew that, Mm -hmm. man, there's a bigger calling for me. There's something that God has for me, you know, that he wants me to share with other people. And I really just kind of took advantage of it. Fast forward, my wife and I, we own a successful financial um, uh, business and we just really look to bless other people. I truly believe that true success comes when you look to serve others. You know, it's not about, right. You know, it's not about me or, you know, how much we make and things like that. It's how many other people Mm -hmm. can we point in the right direction to accomplish the goals and dreams they have for their family. Absolutely. Okay. Right. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, most people in our country today Mm -hmm. are not, you know, um, um, they're they're not doing exactly what they want to do for their family because we have an income problem in America. Mm -hmm. Okay, The, The economy continues to rise and people's income isn't going up. And when you have those two combinations, it's like we always get the short end of the stick. So, you know, I've kind of made it my life calling to just really educate people Mm -hmm. in my community just to, you know, increase their income and also to understand why, you know, it's not a coincidence that the rich continue to get rich and the poor continue to stay poor. Yeah, we definitely need to make some adjustments in those um, in in that stream. Uh, I think uh, from listening to are you familiar with Boyce Watkins, Dr. Boyce Watkins? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think he was um, sharing that uh, the U.S. uh, Treasury or U.S. Department of um, Income. I don't know what exactly department it is, but it's saying that the projected income for black communities by the time by uh by 2050 is going to be less than 0.0.01%. In other words, just fumes, you know? Yeah. So, um we definitely from whatever uh dynamics we stand, right? Me yeah. in the spiritual cultural, you know, afrocentric community, I know that within that community there's a great deal of um misunderstanding, lack of um, clarity around the relationship to wealth and the relationship to money, you know. And so in our community at large, you know, whether the person, the people are mainstream Afro, uh, African-American or what have you, uh, there's like this this thing in our consciousness. And so the first order of business, as far as I'm concerned, is the adjustment of that consciousness, you know, and showing the way that a person can increase, you know, their financial um, literacy, their financial um, stewardship uh, and their financial capacity, you know, like you can't just have a job nowadays. You have to have a job and, you know, We did a segment, Mark, um, a couple of months ago called Hustle Like an Immigrant. Uh. Because the immigrant community comes here, no matter where they come from, be it 
uh, Latin America, be it Africa, be it the Caribbean, be it Eastern European, no matter where they come from, they come here with a particular mindset, you know? And so we, I perceive we need to adopt some of that mindset, you know? Um, so, so in your, um, what type of uh, music, uh, what type of musician were you interested in, in being? So I, I play the clarinet and uh-huh. the saxophone. Okay. Okay. Yes. So the clarinet the and the that, saxophone. Yes. So one of the things that I wanted to do was perform on Broadway um, because it's it's the music, right? Mm-hmm. That whatever movie that you watch or whatever play that you watch, mm-hmm. the music plays such a huge part right. of the, the production. And you, you, they don't get all right. You never really think about it. Like even if you have a scary scene or a love scene or whatever it is, it's the music that kind of captivates you to to put you in that mood. Like, oh, that's so romantic, or wow, this is this is about to go down. Like, it's, this is scary, right? And the musicians just never really. You never look at the musicians as wow, right? I wonder who's behind that that music. It's just you just watch the movie. So I always like kind of having such a big role to play mm-hmm. in something. But always mm-hmm. being behind the scenes or not really getting, you know, having the credit come towards me, you know, right. so, and that was pretty much it, it's just so funny how things come full circle because I do the same thing now mm-hmm. and it's not about me. You know, I point the glory to God, you know, but mm-hmm. he's, given, he's given us a platform to really share these things. And it's not about us, you know, because we know without mm-hmm. him. Right. We wouldn't even have the health to do what we do. We wouldn't even Absolutely. be have the, the, the knowledge or, or the wisdom, right? So it's all God, you know, we pointed in that direction. And, you know, so it's the same thing now. So now I have such a huge impact on people, mm-hmm. but now it's not about me. It's someone else who gets the credit. I love that. I love that. And what you said about the music being instrumental in the play or the film or, you know, um, the reenactment or what have you, the music yeah. is actually a character in that particular scenario. And just like in terms of wealth and money and our understanding, God is actually, you know, the energy behind what it is we're trying to bring forth and, you know, also helping us correct, you know, our mindset around money and wealth and um, those types of dynamics. So, you know, we're, we're a character. Our mindset is a character in the play of, of our life and what we're trying to, what we're trying to correct. Our show is Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance. And Uh it um, really, what that really means is the way you think creates your actions, which then uh, produces your energy, which then attracts the manifestation to you. So share with us some ideas around the way a person thinks about money that may produce a certain action that creates an energy that then makes their manifested reality. I love that. So I I think what you said, uh, Mama Yoga, it it works both ways, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you know, people talk about manifestation and the forms of speaking things into existence and, you know, right. And that works both ways. You know, um, Mm -hmm. what you find is that, you know, um, Good things, you know, you can you can speak life or you can speak death. OK. And so, you know, unfortunately, most people 
unconsciously speak death into them and into their lives. You know, they, they, you'll hear people say, I'm not a people person or, you know, I'm not this or I'm not that. And we're constantly telling ourselves what we're not, not realizing, right. You know, if, if we believe in, in, in God or hopefully, you know, anyone listening on this call or you, Mama York, right? Hopefully mm-hmm. we all believe in something that's greater than ourselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, myself personally and my wife, right. We built our foundation um, on the Christian faith on Jesus Christ. Right? Absolutely. And, okay. And so that's, you know, we believe that he's number one. And mm-hmm. everything comes from that. So just to give you an example of, you know, to answer your question, I believe we all do things that just kind of, um, uh, you know, play a role in what we have or, you know, what comes after. So, you know, but you see all the time, you know, I believe that we're all battling spiritual warfare every single day. Okay? Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, so mu- not so much the manifestation part of it, but I believe so wh- where I was getting to it is if we all believe in, in, in God, some, you know, a, a God who loves us and who wants the best for us and wants us to succeed, then we should also be aware that there's an enemy out there looking to destroy us. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we have an enemy out there looking to destroy our health looking to destroy our families, our marriages, our finances, and anything that he can get his hands on, okay? So what you find is that, and especially in the the black and Latino community, most people don't realize that they're fighting spiritual warfare, okay? Mm -hmm. And so the enemy just kind of rags people around and just drags them through everything, and they think, oh, you know, right, like everything always happens to me, or why does this always happen to me and these things? Instead of realizing, like, you know, it's a bigger, it's a root to everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what happens, it's spiritual warfare, you know, so we got to have our armor on. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got to have the armor of God on to be able to fight against, right. Every single thing that comes against us in his life. Okay. And so I believe that just when it comes to a money perspective, like myself, I had a bad relationship with money because of the way I grew up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, right. You know, you've, he, you hear people say that, you know, rich people always, you know, are looking to con someone or people got that way by, you know, uh, ripping someone off or being dishonest. And you, you actually hear people say, oh, I don't I don't need to be rich. I just want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. OK, you know, that shows me instantly that people have bad relationships when it comes to money. OK, mm-hmm. because what, what you find is that when, when people become most people now, obviously, any there's exceptions to every rule. You can hit the lottery and be a bad person and things like that. But money really, truly only makes you more of what you already are. That's right. Okay? If, if right. If money's just a tool. And if you if you're wicked with very little money, you'll with mm-hmm. a lot of money, you'll do a lot a lot more crazy things and be super lavish and just do very bad things with it. But mm-hmm. if you're a giving person and you look to serve people with very little, when you get more, then you just do more. You give to mm-hmm. more, you're able to give to more charities and you're able to open up more resources for others. And so I think that's where we need to ch- kind of change our definition of what money is. You know, we most of us don't grow up in rich families and rich households. We grow up with our parents scrapping and scraping for everything that they get. And because of that, it almost kind of, you know, it, it, it's like everything has like three generations. You know, if mm-hmm. there's a if there's a generational curse, that that curse pretty much lasts about three generations. OK. Mm-hmm. And so it always takes one person to really just break that. And once you break it now, it, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be. But it's so worth it, you know, because the enemy, once you let him know uh, that he has zero power, 
because mm-hmm. he really doesn't. The only power that he has is the power that we give him and mm-hmm. what we agree to. So when we speak death into ourselves, all we're doing is giving him. That's where he gets his power from. OK, mm-hmm. once you understand, hey, you have no power over me and, you know, whatever your sickness is or your ailment is or your health is, the enemy has no power. OK, so mm-hmm. we spend our life just kind of, you know, really just staying attached to God. Okay. And mm-hmm. fleeing, right? You know, just being able to every single day. It's a fight. And mm-hmm. you know, you gotta realize you're in a spiritual fight. And mm-hmm. once you realize that, you can also learn how to fight spiritually. Mm-hmm. And most people try to fight spiritual warfare with earthly weapons. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. You know, you gotta fight spirit with the spirit, okay? And because it's you'll never win. Uh, in mm-hmm. the spirit realm, if you fight on earth, right, with earthly weapons. And so, hey, we just you, you, we just look to really just kind of educate people on these things mm-hmm. and just teach people how to have a, a, a better association with money. Be mm-hmm. able to tell themselves, hey, I'm wealthy, right? You know, mm-hmm. I can afford anything. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is a tool for me, not, you know, and, and it's like, hey, that's it. So that's what we just kind of teach because but we just see it's just it's a fight. And so mm-hmm. we just get people prepared to, to fight. That's so hopefully right. that answers your question. I don't know. Yeah, okay. no, I appreciate your perspective um, here. You know, this is a, a safe space um, for sharing. Um, um, we don't really go into religion or any particular spiritual or religious practice. Um, but I yeah. do appreciate, you know, your perspective because truth be told, and quite frankly, um, you know, the religions of the world have really tainted the masses perspective around so wealth yes. and riches and money and all of that, you know. And, you know, oftentimes I stand in the space that, um, you know, the language of the enemy, you know, really if you are like we spoke earlier, right, the segment before you came on. Uh, about gaining weight and sitting there saying, I don't know why I'm gaining weight and you just eating, you know, any old kind of way, cookies and bread and pastas and laying around Netflix and chilling to, you know, a freezer degree, you know, you really are the enemy. Like your actions, your behavior, your mind, body, energy is aligned with that which is inequitous to you and your purpose and your connection to divine source, right? Whatever, yeah. however you want to frame the language, it's you and your connection to God. So if you know that the way that you're thinking and behaving is interrupting or short-circuiting your connection to God, then that's not something outside of you that's being yeah. enemy that's you and your behavior and your mindset that is giving that energy over to a particular vibration, a particular energy space. Right. So, you know, the whole thing is to understand, like you say, understand, first of all, you, you know, there's a battle happening and, you know, you got to understand who you are in the battle. Right. You are the vessel that God pours into to love and to care and to give to others. If you're not lining up with that, then your vessel will be used for the opposite of that. Right. But we in our own um, free will, 
have the capacity to choose whose team we're going to be conscious to, whose uh-huh. team we're going to be on, what energy, what, what, um, what devotion. I always like to say when people come to me and we talk about things that are going on in their life and they come to me with a lot of worry, my, um, my discussion with them is, okay, you can't serve two gods. Worrying, you're either going to pray about it and be steadfast in the prayer and steadfast in the knowing that you are a daughter, a son of God, and that his will and vibration for you is always of the highest good. So you'll be taken care of or you're going to worry about it and fuss and fret and then align your free will with those things that are destructive. So you can't serve, you can't straddle the fence, either get on one side or the other. As the elder uh, Southern mothers used to say, if you're going to pray about it, then don't worry about it. If you're going to worry about it, then that's a different kind of prayer. You ain't praying about it. So it's the same kind of thing when we talk about helping our people create wealth. We have free will. We have a responsibility to learn how to choose what is good, what is right, and what is um, for us, you know, outside of any, you know, religious doctrine or whatever, and within the religious doctrine, because I am coming to understand that there are 2,500 passages in the Bible where the discussion is, you know, wealth, and that you should be a good steward over your money, that a person who does not leave any, um, you know, storehouse for their children doesn't care for their, doesn't care about their family. Like these are passages that ha- are in, you know, the, the good book, the healing book, the Bible, you know? So we want to align our energy outside of whatever spiritual or religious practice with understanding that you have to have, you have to heal your relationship with money. You really do. Yep. So are you um, teaching music now? No. So pretty much um, um, I, I play music for, you know, just um, when I'm called to and, you know, I do it uh-huh. as a hobby now. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately I look to, you know, just play more into, you know, just, um, um, recreationally, but you know, it's like once I learned about the whole business aspect and money and just mm-hmm. how much people aren't aware of these certain things, my whole focus shift, uh, shifted to, Hey, let me kind of take care of this aspect. Um, because I learned, you know, I do a lot of reading and different things and you find the number one cause of divorce in, in our country is money. Absolutely. Right? Which everyone knows. And I'm like, man, if, if we if I can, you know, just kind of get a team together and just kind of have like minded people and we can just kind of start to sh- spread the education that mm-hmm. we got right. um, and kind of help people start to fix the number one cause of divorce in our country. How many other things would that fix psychologically and socially and, you know, physically and all these different things? Um, and that became my main focus. So pr- that's pretty much what I do now. The music is, is kind of like there. Uh, but it's not, you know, just I, I feel like I was really called to really just share financial literacy with the masses. Uh, that's, so that's wonderful. 
that's what we do. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let me just say this to you. That music is not going to go to waste. At a certain <laughs> time, at a certain time, there's going to be a merging of the capacities, you know, yes, because you absolutely. did not learn that. God don't waste nothing, honey. Wait a minute. Where are my bells? <laughs> God don't waste nothing. So that music will come in handy. It will be purposeful. It will be used in the good word and the good blessing that is your energy going forward um, with what you do. So I wanted to ask one other question before we get into um, your uh, presentation at our up and coming event. What does, um, Mark, what does a rich life look like for you? Like there's this, let me, let me um give a little more context to that. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is um, a program, I think it's on Netflix called mm-hmm. um, how to have a rich life. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is a financial expert, uh, Indian gentleman. I think his name is, uh, I don't get me the line child. We'll look it up and put it in the <laughs> show notes. But anyway, he goes around and he helps people understand their relationship with money and helps them see where the breakdown was. And then one of the questions is, well, what is your rich life look like for you? Everybody has a perspective of what a rich life means for them. So what does your rich life look like for you? Such a great point. And that's a great question. I I think everyone's um, definition would be different for me Mm -hmm. Uh, a rich life for me looks like um action okay Mm -hmm. um fruit okay so for example you know if um i i think a rich life looks like um the the things uh, control right or Mm -hmm. ownership uh, Mm -hmm. uh, right having ownership of everything that you have right ownership of your time ownership of your finances ownership of your discipline, ownership of your, you know, stewardship, right? Just, uh, just ownership. You know, I feel like so many people, um, unfortunately just don't learn how to manage their time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you hear people all the time that say, that say, it just doesn't feel like it feels like there's not enough hours in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's uh, unfortunately that you, you feel that way when you don't have ownership mm-hmm. of your time. Okay. Right. And you don't, you don't manage your time well. And mm-hmm. what most people do is they work their job and they come home and they watch TV and they feed their family and they do the same thing over again. When, mm-hmm. you, when you have every hour accounted for, it mm-hmm. never feels like there's not enough hours in a day. It feels like, man, like I got so much done today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you have every hour accounted for. So for for me, the rich life looks like someone who has ownership in all areas of their life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because you can, even if it's not a monetary perspective, it, it looks like discipline. You know, yeah. even if you can mm. pay 25 to 50 bucks a month, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say 25 to 50 bucks a month. That's not all the money in the world. Let's just say, but if you can save 25 bucks every two weeks when you get paid, just mm-hmm. put it aside for your family. That's still $600 a year, mm-hmm. okay? which adds up over time. And what you find for a lot of people, because they think it's so insignificant, they don't do it. Mm hmm. Right. OK. And, right. And so for for me, for the, the rich life looks like a life, a life of discipline, you, mm-hmm. you know, someone who bears fruit, you know, mm-hmm. someone who actually bears the fruit of the things that they uh, pronounce and the things that they um, that they teach and preach. 
Mm -hmm. um, because everyone talks a good game, you know, and says yeah. the right things, mm -hmm. right? But then where, where's, where's the fruit from that? You know, mm -hmm. and that, I, I believe no matter what you do, whether mm -hmm. it's good or bad, eventually the fruit will show. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if, if you're preaching, hey, work out and take care of your body and eventually, you know, like the stomach starts to grow and, you know, like the, the right. Uh, eventually, the fruit of that is you're not practicing what you're talking about. You know? Absolutely. If, if you do this, the, the, the same things that you're talking about, you'll look like a giraffe. You know, you'll mm -hmm. look like a flaw 700. Right. So, right. And so that, that's just, you know, eventually. Right. <laughs> so everything that we do, it, it might not show today or it might not show tomorrow, but eventually the fruit of whatever it is that we that that we do always mm -hmm. show. And so I always want to make sure that for me, a rich life looks like a life of that, that someone can say, man, that guy really practices what he preaches. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I love that. Flaw, you ain't getting off without not saying nothing. What does, <laughs> what does a rich life look like for you? I mean, you specifically. Right. And when I say that, um, because I had to meditate on what the guy was meaning when he said a rich life specifically, if money wasn't mm -hmm. an issue mm -hmm. at all, what does your rich life look like? Well, I'll be honest. Um, mm -hmm. Part of the reason I got into the industry that I'm in was that to help my family. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so when you ask me about me, that's always going to be a hard answer for me because I even though like their happiness with the world that I created right mm -hmm. I created this family I'm part of the creation and my biggest joy my biggest flex is to make sure that they are in a better position than I was in mm -hmm. um, when I came into this uh, world now Mark hit it on the nose and I totally agree right when we came into this world me and Mark same age be 40 so the mindset of our parents were the same, right? Because their parents and their parents before them, um, and, I, and I talk about this, Mama Yoga. Like, uh, if anybody mm -hmm. want to know where I get my history from, it's from Mama Yoga. And I remember going to a great grandma, you know, um, mm -hmm. funeral. And if you read the obituary, you know, it says how they came from Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that before. And you realize how close you were to. Slavery. Like, we're right there. Mm -hmm. Right? I, mm -hmm. I, I literally was in the house with my great-grandma and didn't know that, hey, she was fresh from Virginia. Right? Because my in my eyes, we're just born on Elm Street. You know, like, like we're just in Trenton. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know nothing. Um, So their mind state of raising us was, you know, go get a job, go get an education. Because they were deprived of that. Right? They didn't get that. So when it became a green light, just go do that. Regardless if that was... Um, the right decision for us. But they were saying, mm -hmm. hey, we used to have to walk to school in bare feet. We used to have to do certain things that you guys don't. And because you don't, we want you to do this. But then people mm -hmm. like Mark and I, we go, that's fine and all, but it has to be more. And mm -hmm. I became, you know, like the, the dream of being happy or wealthy or rich, right? In my mind, became true when I was able to say, hey, I'm going to pivot and do this and leave this treasure chest, this map for my family, and I can rest after that. So mm -hmm. when it comes to, hey, what does wealth look like to you? That's what wealth looks like to me, leaving the treasure map for mm -hmm. my family so that, hey, when I'm gone, um, I, I think I might have talked about this. I might, might have mentioned this to you. Turning 40 was stressful for me. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know where I was going. 
Right. I don't know what's going to happen. So wealth for me was being able to have the treasure. Not me. Not me. Like, oh, I'm going to be wealthy and rich. No, not me. Is that mm-hmm. I now discovered the map. Right. To keep pushing this family forward. And that's what wealth looks like to me. Right. And I right, hope that right. answered the question. Well, I mean, it's your answer. Your answer, yes. Mark's answer, um, you know, is is how you feel and is where you at and what you understand, you it's know. And like I said, huh? I, I say, yeah, it's a mental thing. The wealth. That's what yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, um, uh, you know, when I heard the gentleman talking about it and I should have looked him up by now while y'all was talking <laughs> about it, I didn't. Uh, you know, um, I had to sit back and think about what does my rich life for me, for Samut, for Samut Angela Scott, Mama Yoga, Queen Mother Nana Dwamana, all these names I got, right? All these positions and communities that I have the honor, the blessing, the ancestral inheritance to be a part of and have a certain level of respect, respect in. What does my rich life look like for me? And I came up with the understanding that I I am creating the capacity to teach and speak, to be at different events, speaking and sharing with people about the energetic connection within, you know, um, that, you know, they are a spiritual being having a human experience and they can connect to their spiritual source any way that their heart is guiding them, not proselytizing for any particular tradition, but just like shaking people by the shoulders, hugging people, rocking people into the awakening of, look, our way out of this is our spiritual connection, is our connection to source. My rich life would look like my four essential walls, food, clothing, shelter, and monetary flow is all taken care of so that I can freely go and teach the message, the mission that's on my heart. That's what my rich life look like. And spa days. <laughs> spa days, honey. Yes. And I'm, I do all of that now. But I still, you know, have to, you know, um, think about, be uh, conscious and cognizant Um around stewardship a lot tighter than what I am um, sending the request of about, you know, if you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars liquid, you can flow a little easier than if you have to do 40 hours somewhere and, you know, wait for your next paycheck. You know what I'm saying? So that's what my rich life looked like that I'm freed up to teach and be compensated for that in a nurture in a in a high way, um, and in a charitable way as well. That's what my rich life would look like. I try to tell somebody so that good. having some type like liquid is a form of mental, like like secure for mental health. Like you know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. secure for certain things, and people don't be wanting to hear that. But it's like, hey, if you have actual money to actually do things, it can free yep. you up to be active into things you want to do, and it could help That's with. Right some of the stress or the mental fog that you might have, you know, because you don't think that you can do certain things. Take your kids this place, take your kids yep. this place, enjoy your life because your money is tied up in bills and 
things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That ain't no way to live. No way to live that you have to, whatever dime you got coming in is allocated out. You're living a consumer life. Now that's the devil right there. You know, <laughs> that energy, you know, that, that mindset, that um, particular demand on the masses that they stay succumbed in poverty because the, the lack of resources is what drives people to desperation then to stealing and murder and all of that kind of thing. So, you know, we can create, we have to create and nothing taught us that in a greater, um, in a greater capacity than the pandemic that we just came through. You know, so many um, millionaires were created when everything shut down because people got resourceful, you know, people got connected to um, organizations, uh, groups, and even fat figured it out. Let me figure out how to do this internet thing. You know, one of the quickest ways to wealth for some people is through partnering in organizations, you know, and um, I know that that's y'all's flow. I don't want to give any um, specifics around that because we ain't got no sponsorship, (laughs) but (laughs) hello, we talk about wealth, right? (laughs) So, but the, but the point is, from what I've been doing this a long time and I've been connecting to the community a long time, people want to be engaged at their uh, communal point as opposed to at their, let me show you what I got thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you and I the same? And let me see what you're doing that's changed where you were and where I'm still at, you know? So if y'all want to know more about the very specifics of uh, Jarrell <laughs> and Mark's partnership and collaboration, y'all got to come to the um, Head Wraps Yoga and Curves uh, Self-Care and Healthy Living Fest happening on uh, September 30th here in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, if you can't make it out to that because you're not in the tri-state area, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, then um, we will definitely DM us and we'll make sure that you get their links um, so that you can connect with them directly. But um, wealth is everything. You got to have your monetary resource. You got to have your four essential walls taken care of before you can even contemplate the sun, the moon, and the stars, you know, for real. Mark, any last words you'd like to share? How can people connect with you, reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we can, um, uh, if you reach out to Jarrell, you can contact me directly. My wife and I, we have an Instagram, uh, the Kato's uh, underscore underscore. You can always reach me at the Kato's on Instagram. Um, but hey, Mama Yoga, this was great. This was- Wait a minute, hold it. Where your wife at? Ready? Yeah. What you talking about? Say, say, say hi. Hi. <laughs> you should have been in here. Hey, girl. She, we were driving. So she was driving. Was yeah, yeah, I so, saw the drive. But, so now you pulled over. Put uh, what's your wife's name? Roxy. Uh, hey, Roxy. I'm Samu <laughs> Mama Yoga. Hey, girl. <laughs> so good to meet you. Good to meet you, too. Aren't you beautiful? Look at the spirit, that beautiful Aww. spirit of God flowing through you, sister. <laughs> I love you. that. Yeah. 
You're great. I was listening. I was like, wow, this is more people need to listen to this and hear oh, this well, out, you know? Thank you. That's what yeah, I'm working amazing. on. My my rich life. Hashtag my rich life. Wonderful, wonderful. That's beautiful. You know, um, when I what I understand and what is actually the truth is wealth is a team sport. Yeah. You know, and the people who are the most successful are married. Hmm. It is a couples. It is a team sport. So even if you don't have a mate, if you're connected to a progressive, holistically thinking, you know, team, collaborative team, you can build your wealth. But yeah. it really is a privilege of married people. To be wealthy. It really is. So I'm so happy to see you and happy. Um, you know, Mark is just say he's talking about you ready and turn the camera. So. I gotta get ready. I'm like, man, so she just makes me look good. So but she, yeah, she, man, yeah, man, that's wonderful. She, yeah. She's uh, uh, just uh, a savage in, in business and mm -hmm. educating women and, you know, my, mm -hmm. you know, her being from Dominican roots. And, okay. And it, it's just, you know, we got to spread that knowledge and she loves taking women, you know, mm -hmm. from where they are and just kind of helping them build that wealth little by little. So we're excited, man. We're excited for just what what's ahead and just mm -hmm. uh, Mama Yoga. We just appreciate you having us on. This was great. You know, we love to do it again. I can't wait to see you on the 30th. And to, to everyone, I'll say, hey, you know, let's just make it a, 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 a consciousness to really start to change the narrative, you know, because we, we it, it doesn't always have to be a struggle or we can't always we every year can't be the same thing. Why we can't afford this or have this or have that or why the white man is doing this and that. Right. Like where the white man at? So I can punch him in the face. Right. Yeah. So, right. It, it's not this. Right. So we got to look in the mirror. We got to take accountability. Absolutely. OK. And that's that which is kind of goes back to what you said in the last podcast with the obesity. Right. You know, because there's always going to be something that we mm -hmm. can use to make an excuse on why we're not doing what we need to do. But eventually we got to look at, you know, the most important person. Um, and that's us. So this was great. And I appreciate you having us on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on y'all. Thank you so much. And very nice. I'm going to see y'all on September 30th Absolutely. At, at head wraps, yoga and curves, our third annual self care and healthy living festival holding right here in my hometown, Trenton, wait, New Jersey, wait. and um, that is um, at Joyce Kilmer School. We'll put all the link down there. Uh, Mark Cato uh, and the team will be there to share financial literacy, and we're looking so forward it. Yeah, so so forward to it. Thank you so much, Mark. See y'all later. Peace. All right. Take care. <laughs> yep. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That was awesome. I'm so glad um, that we were able to have uh, Brother Cato and uh, his wife uh, at the end come on. That was pretty, uh, pretty super dope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Yep. So um, the 30th, here we come. Mm hmm. September 30th, as I said earlier, um, I also have so much going on. I mean, I'm just so thankful to be um, 
walking in my purpose, you know, it's something to be obedient to what the message is. You know, you have to get through all of your doubts and all of the uh, appearing obstacles that are in front of you. Um, you know, as they say, the obstacles uh, are closer than they appear in the mirror, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you have to get through all of that if you are intending to walk in your purpose. Um, and to that end, starting uh, this week, we will be having the uh, Heal Your Chakras, Heal Your Money uh, 90-Day Challenge. Uh, it's a free challenge that I'm sharing out to the community at large. Every morning, Monday through Friday for 90 days, uh, from 7.30 in the morning to 8.15, we're going to go into the chakra uh, of the day, what chakras are, where they are, the importance of the chakras, why it's important to heal that energy, and then how that relates to your manifestation capacity and your wealth, your money ability, correcting your mindset around uh, money, correcting your physical actions with money, and then correcting your energy, mind, body, energy, and how you relate, attract uh, financial resources. So this week is the warm-up week, Monday the 11th, 7.30 in the morning. Uh, I'm going to be going live from YouTube and my YouTube page and my Instagram page, right? Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance on YouTube and Mama Yoga Wellness on Instagram. Uh, the primary page is the YouTube page and Instagram is the backup. And 7.30 to 8.15 uh, is the warm-up week, child, because I got to get warmed up to be getting in front of people at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> So the first couple of mornings is probably where all the entertainment is going to happen. I'm going to be like, oh, my God. So we projecting that uh, I'm going to pull that back and project that, you know, I'll be ready and, um, you know, up to it at that hour of the morning. But nonetheless, we're going for 90 days straight um, and we want you to come out. It's free. No, um no, I'm not asking anything of you. I am uh, intending to stand and be obedient and walk in my purpose. And that is to offer healing to everybody. So y'all can come out to that. All right. So last words, Flo. No, I think that anything that you try to not try, but anything that you um, put your mind towards 90 days is definitely life changing, spiritual, spiritually changing, physically changing. You know, you commit 90 days to anything, especially something positive, you're going to see the change. So I'm glad that it's 90 days. Typically, when I hear things, I hear his things for like a month or like a week or two, but that's not <laughs> that's not going to change people. It's great that you can be involved in something for a week, but if you're not right. going to dedicate yourself to it for three months, um, right? Because that's enough for that's enough for visual change, mm -hmm. like because that's what we want. Right? We want visual change. We want to feel, and also we want spiritual change. We want to be able to feel different. I feel lighter. I feel better. And you can then point to whatever it is you're doing and say, yeah, that's what it was. Right? So that's what that's it is. Right. Commit like yourself to it long enough that you see the change. Yep. And that's what, you know, black community, we are community. We are famous. We are the creators on this dang on planet. You know what I'm saying? And we are the tastemakers. So when we say, I see you, 
That's just what you just said, Jarrell, in a nutshell. Like we want to see the change. We want to see, you know, the shift, right? Because there is a shift that takes place when you are devoted and committed, you know? And that's not saying that you won't have one day, two days or whatever where, but you can't get in the flow of having one day, two days. You got to keep the course, you know? My favorite saying is, it is my blessing to be consistent. It is my blessing to be disciplined. It is my blessing to be devoted and dedicated. So absolutely. There you have it. Until next time, y'all. Um, we wish you peace, love. Uh, may you walk in mind, body, energy, and balance so much so that you walk through your life in peace. See you next time. <laughs>